Welcome to the Rim 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 Pro Report, the one and only weekly broadcast for the Rim Support Services industry. Bustling with news, views, here's what I believe, and the latest updates. That's just them. The show is full of interesting information, stories, yes, important product and service reviews, yes, and a cast of industry characters included. Yes. <laughs> Record center operators, shred and destruction vendors, media and electronic vaulters, scanners and imaging providers. Take note, this show is for you. Now, here's your host, Tom Adams. Welcome to show number seven of the Rim Pro Report. I am glad you're here today and I am glad you're listening. Today's show, we're going to be talking to Michael Ball of Data Store in Milwaukee. We're also going to touch base with Joby Easton. Uh, from SSI Shredding Systems. And, you know, we'll likely dig into the old mailbag a little later on in the show. Plus, if at all possible, we'll throw you a few extras just to keep you informed as we go along the way. 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark, and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Oh, yeah, we've got our sunglasses on, and we're ready to travel today. So seatbelts, everyone. Thanks for tuning us in. I am so grateful that you're willing to do that. I know that we're early in this show, and uh, I am already uh, overwhelmed by how much cool stuff that we've been able to learn already on the show. Uh, some of the interviews continue to that, that we've done already continue to um have a positive effect. I I have to say that um, I'm impressed by the the willingness and generosity of people to spend some time talking about the cool things that they're doing. And so I, I think that comes back to you. If you want to let me know what's going on in your world, you know, I'm I'm interested in anything. If you're hiring new people, if you're uh, offering new services, if you're a vendor in this industry and you're providing products or services that support the industry as a whole. I'm I'm wanting to to learn about it, talk about it, so I can share it with you, the audience. So don't don't think that maybe some little piece of information or news or something cool you're doing won't matter to the rest, and it's small or insignificant. I don't think it is. I would love you to to share it with me, and you can do that by going to the RimProReport.com website, or uh, we've got a hotline there that you can call us from. And uh, just leave me a voicemail message. A lot of times I am on the phone or if I'm doing these shows, I'm uh, in production and I can't pick up the phone. So, But I would love to hear from you about what, what you're doing and what success you're having. And uh, if we could schedule an interview to talk about it, that would be fabulous. So uh, I like I said already, it's a good show today. Uh, we've got the Blues Brothers on board with us and grateful that they're along for the ride my sunglasses are fully in place, and uh, I'm happy to be here. So let's get on with the show. We're on the line right now with Joby Easton, who is the Director of Sales and Marketing at SSI Shredding Systems. Joby, you there? Yes, I am. Hey, welcome to the Rim Pro Report. Uh, how are things in uh, the Oregon area today? Good. Hey, uh, rumor has it, and I, I actually posted this or talked about it on last week's show, that you guys have just launched a new division, uh, something called Shredding Service Company. Tell me more about that. Yeah, Shredder Service Company was actually came out of a need from customers. And, you know, our belief at SSI, the Shredding Systems, is that everybody who's a Shredder user is a customer of SSI. They just might not know it yet. 
And as the economy has continued to change, we're noticing that some people are going without support for their industrial shredder. And, you know, we have the, the equipment, the facility, the, the knowledge, technology, and background to support those people. So almost regardless of who built the shredder, we probably can help you out. Oh, cool. So uh, this is just launched in the last uh, couple of weeks? Uh, we launched the website actually three or four months ago, but we've, uh, we've brought on some new staff, um, been going through a training phase, been kind of... Uh, building up some of the support network that we'd have to bring on new business and really ready to, to go out and do that. We've we've been doing it all along. You know, competitive right. parts is a big part of SSI's business. But we really wanted to go out and find those people and let those people know that there are services available from a validated company. Oh, cool. Um, the uh, Is this just primarily for plant-based machines or else or is it also for uh, mobile stuff? That's a great question, but the reality is probably more plant-based. Um, it's a more stable environment. You look at plant-based versus mobile, and it's kind of the old days of the, the laptop versus the desktop computer. Um, there are standard shredders often within mobile equipment, which right. we supply parts for all day, you know, all the time. But a majority of our customer base is in the, the, the plant-based equipment, but inside each truck is often a, just a slightly modified plant-based shredder. So is this is this a case where you know people call you up and they say I need this part and you ship it to them? Is that kind of the idea? Uh, it depends on if it's a commonly uh, a common part. You know, you could look at a shred packs machine, a Nelmore, Jacobson, um, you know, Unta, Wema. I mean, there's a lot of different shredder manufacturers out there, and some of them are just no longer supported. The company's no longer in business. Okay. Um, we will probably have the drawing or the part. Uh, sometimes we won't, and we'll have to reverse engineer it if that's what it takes, and if they're no longer able to source it from another uh, company. Um, if they could send us a part or a drawing, it definitely helps expedite the process. But you know, our our, our quiver of uh, of known parts is is pretty broad. Cool. Oh, that's really cool. So, yeah. are you already starting to see uh, some activity and some response from the market? Yeah, actually, the first day after the PR, we got a couple calls and. Really? order place so no so far, I, so the, yeah. very cool very yeah. well i i think it's a great idea I, you know based on on what i see and hear in the industry it makes makes a whole lot of sense to be a, a third party provider of all those kind of services to people so mm -hmm. uh, i you know i i've got you on the phone and and i have to ask you this question i have uh for i i guess a couple of years i'm not sure how long it's been but watched your your uh, videos. I, I actually have it up on the computer right now. I'm, I'm watching one of your shredders uh, do a hard drive tape and media destruction. It's the dual shear M70. Tell me about your use of videos. Um, you know, video has been a fun thing for us. You know, we're, we're a quirky company. Uh, I, I don't know. I think we're a lot of fun. We get to destroy stuff for a living. You get to make things and, and wreck things. So, but you know, video you know, I can tell you a lot of things. Yeah. I'd rather show you. You know, talk's cheap. And it's really hard because the brain works in pictures. You know, if, if I tell you, for example, there's a fire that's 140 acres, you're kind of like, wow, that's big. But if I tell you there's a fire that's 140 acres, which is approximately 200 football fields, yeah. your brain checks it. goes, okay, I get it. Right. We really wanted to, A, have some fun, introduce people to SSI, our, our staff, what we do here, and also let you know that we can solve legitimate business problems. And video is just one way to help show people 
what a potential solution might look like. But we're always evolving. Sometimes we do goofy one. I mean, I don't know a whole lot of industrial shredding companies that shredded Twinkies, Volkswagens, bowling well, balls. No, well, the funny thing is, I mean, the, 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 there, there is a company out there, I'm sure you know it based on your, your, your work doing this stuff, but the uh, Blendtec company, which has you know, made a killing for themselves and, mm-hmm. and really become a premier uh, blender company, uh, it's just, it, you know, I, I look at the connection and I go, wow, you, you know, you're, you're doing some really fun stuff. It, it's so much fun to watch. Just, you know, it, it's just stuff going through a shredder, but there's something compelling about watching and trying to figure out what you're doing on an ongoing yeah, it's, basis. It's, it's a little addictive. And, it, and it's funny you bring up Blendtec. That's actually probably the number one request we get via YouTube and direct inquiry is, you know, shred a Blendtec. Frankly, <laughs> I have one sitting on top of my desk, but I haven't been able to pallet, you know, to, to stomach shredding $450 of uh, totally good product. I know, and those are si- – I, I, I mean, I'm a Blendtec user myself. I, I love the thing. It's a it's a fabulous machine, and part of it comes from having watched those silly videos. So Yeah, yeah. Well, very cool. Hey, I, I, and while we're on that topic, I know it's kind of edging off there, but what what's your take on social media right now? Um, you know, it's just one more leg for us to help prop up and stand on and get to a different user base. Um I I'm a I guess I'm a fan of social media. There's a million different ways to get to people, but I think the key is to be willing to be flexible and try new things. You know, we don't have a huge position in social media. It's not what we wake up every day trying to figure out how we can tweet the world, you know, a thousand right. times a day. But I think it's a piece that continually drives business back to your core. Um we do focus quite a bit on SEO, search engine optimization. And obviously, referring sites and you know yeah. different ways to approach uh, different markets is important. Um, I really am a fan of creating leverage and a viral component of that. And you know, so the kid comes home and says, "Dad, look, I saw this thing," and you know, it came via Facebook. And he goes out and actually have a need for a shredder at their company. You, you never know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think it's been a good thing for us. It's yet again, it's a piece. I mean, yeah. think of all the different ways. You know, you got past customers, you got past clients, you got video, you got the internet, you have, you know, referral sources. I mean, there's just a million different ways to get to the market. So really, what the challenge is is, you know, clearly for everybody, highest and best use of dollars and resources. Yeah. yeah. And that's a very affordable way to approach new people in a different environment and space in the way that they might be willing to accept it. Yeah. Well, very cool. Well, Joey, I appreciate your your time. It's good to catch up on what you guys are doing, and thanks for your insights into uh, into social media and even what you're doing with the video. And uh, we'll keep in touch. All right. Hey, I really appreciate it, and stay tuned for next month. It's going to be a good one. Well, back again to the Rim Pro Report news, and you know, Iron Mountain just. Uh, put out their second quarter earnings results last week. Looks like they've actually had a pretty decent quarter. Their total revenue is up to $780 million, just $780 million. That's a 5% increase over 2009. Seems one of the the big keys in storage revenue appears to still be around 56% of their entire revenue stuff. Uh, But one of the keys was a over-the-board 2% pricing increase uh, in the physical business, and that that seems to have really um, propelled those results. I could get deeper into the the numbers in terms of share value. It looked like it was twenty twenty eight cents uh, per share in terms of return to investors, and 
lots of other interesting things, but you can find that out yourself. I just thought it was kind of interesting that iron is showing a 5% increase in uh, overall revenue. Hey, Nate and Prism magazines both hit my inbox this week. And, uh, yeah, there's some interesting stuff in there. In the uh, Nade magazine, I was particularly impressed with the uh, Red Flag Rule article that uh, Bob Johnson wrote. I know that rule has yet to be passed, and yet there's um, it's helpful if you don't quite understand the Red Flag Rule uh, to get a handle on that, and uh, Bob does a really good job of explaining that. It seems to be part one of the series. The other thing that I thought was interesting is hidden kind of away in one of the little corners of the Nade magazine was that uh, July or January to April this year, 2010, they've already um, added 100 new members. So way to go, Nade. Good job there. Uh, Prism magazine also hit the uh, shelves or hit the mailboxes this week, and uh, man, there were some good articles in there. The second article in the magazine this this month was, I I, I gotta say, it was sensational. It was uh, well, it was by me. So, uh, yeah, thank you. And uh, we also there was also a, a third article in there written by uh, myself and a mum, bunch of the people who were involved in the Prism Gives uh, Foundation or the Prism Gives Charity Ride and a related stuff that I was a part of, which I am saying is probably one of the, the best and coolest experiences I've had in this industry. So for all those of you who supported, who became part of, who did really cool stuff with Prism Gives, I am still grateful for that. So there you have it. There's the uh, the news. Feel free and be sure to pick up those magazines if you got them this uh, last couple of weeks and make sure you read them. Good stuff in there. That's all for the news, but I'm asking you, if you've got news, let me know about it. I'd love to hear it and love to share it here on the RIMPRO Report. I'm excited today to have Michael Ball on the line. Michael is with Data Store in Milwaukee, and uh, Mike is a, a longtime member of the RIM industry, the greater RIM industry, and we're going to sort of figure out where he's come from and what he's doing uh, in Milwaukee with Data Store. So, Mike, are you there? Yes, I am, Tom. Welcome to RIM Pro Report. I'm glad to have you here. Tell me a little bit about your background. I, I know you're you're not the typical uh you know, sort of record storage guy coming into the coming into the industry. You come from a different place. Tell me a little bit about that. Sure, Tom. Um, well, uh, the the short synopsis would be that I spent the first ten years of my career as a technologist and uh, actually managed large data centers for um, banking organizations. Really. And uh, in my last position there was the IT director in the Federal Reserve of Baltimore. I implemented uh, an imaging solution and was quite amazed at the impact that had on the organization from a cost savings as well as productivity perspective. So I jumped the fence and moved into the ECM and uh, imaging industry uh, on the software vendor side of the business. And I spent the next 20 years of my career as an ECM specialist uh, uh, managing um, businesses for companies like Documentum, EMC, Legato, uh, Macrosoft, spelled with an A, which was one of the early pioneers in the imaging and ECM industry that rivaled Highland Ombase, which is a, a name that most folks yeah. might, uh, might remember. Well, those are no small names in terms of the kind of history you bring with you. 
Yeah, it's been. Uh, I've, I've had some great opportunities, and uh, certainly learned a great deal through uh, through those experiences. And uh, what's kind of most notable, perhaps, is that over the last five to six years, I noticed the the ECM industry changing to uh, around a, a topic called SharePoint, and it's probably a name that a lot of folks have heard either in their customers or perhaps they're even looking at using SharePoint in their own operations. And um, it's had, had such an impact, and I saw such opportunity for uh, a changing of the traditional ECM landscape that I've kind of uh, become vested in that realm of it and uh, have now been looking at how we apply SharePoint technologies to the traditional RIM industry as well as to the ECM and electronic stored information space. Yeah, well, that that's what's kind of interesting to me, and that's why I wanted to have you on the uh, on the RIMPRO report, because I, I wanted to get a sense of, of your perspective on it, because so many people coming into or who have built companies in this industry come from the storage, the box storage side, or potentially from the shredding side. Uh, even from many in this industry come from the... Um, come from the media vault side. You, as a, a you know, as a company leader, I realize you came into Data Store. How many years ago did you come into Data Store? Uh, it's been two years now, Tom. Okay, so you know, you come in. You've you've come in from a completely different perspective. And uh, what's interesting to me is is your unique take on how this all impacts everything else. So, uh, sorry, I didn't mean to sort of barge in on your SharePoint. Piece, but I, I I think it's so cool that you're coming in and doing something that seems um, completely different. If if I look at websites in the industry, at the general industry, yours has a very different feel to it than most others. Uh, tell me a little bit more about this whole SharePoint uh, transition that you've brought with you to to uh, to the company. Okay, well I think probably uh, best way is to look at why we're why we are moving into more of a technology direction versus staying uh, with our feet firmly planted in the traditional physical record space. Yeah. Um, I credit that with the, uh, the vision of our, uh, my owner and CEO here, who is Peggy Coakley. Right. Data store, just like most of the traditional RIM uh, commercial record centers, uh, got its roots from a moving and storage parent company or organization. Right. Peggy has been very, though, a visionary in that the traditional warehouses and boxes mentality uh, is changing because of the uh, client's requirements around information privacy, security, HIPAA, Sarbanes-Oxley, all of that. It's changing the way customers need to have their information controlled. So Data Store has been all about kind of setting a new level of excellence for that particular part of our, our business. Okay. But as the founding president of Data Store, Greg Jeske, some people may, may know yep. Greg in the industry, yep. as Greg uh, set about retiring, Peggy and Greg together decided that the future of the industry was no longer going to be in paper, but be in the electronic realm of information management. Okay. And so they felt that they needed to build out an infrastructure here and model the organization to fit the evolving business needs of the clients. So they did a, a, uh, 
nationwide search, and I was one of the lucky folks that got the phone call uh, as they were looking specifically for someone with domain expertise in the ECM space. So as we came into DataStore, what I found uh, intriguing about the opportunity was that we had a solid, firm foundation, a very uh, secure business with over 500 clients served here in the Madison, Milwaukee, and Chicago business corridor. Uh, yet I had an opportunity to also do something entrepreneurial right. and build a brand-new part of the business uh, without the risk associated with a startup. Now, and what, that was very interesting to me. Yeah, what was your connection to uh, sort of traditional box business um, before you got here? I, I, you know, you, you said back in the uh, Federal Reserve Bank you really saw the importance of that, but how, how intersected was that with sort of traditional storage services? You know, Throughout my career, uh, I had it was kind of at an arm's length, if you will, Tom. Okay. Uh, it's something I was very uh, knowledgeable about, very involved with from a distance, but generally physical records um, has always seemed to be managed and directed by a separate group within the organization or the companies. Uh, than the folks that are chartered with managing the electronic content. Okay. So if you think about it, they're two to, even though information is information, yeah. physical information seems to, to fall in one side of the, the company and the electronic in another. And what I've found since I've been here is those two elements aren't often as connected as they should be. Right, right. And so what I've looked at here as we embarked on bringing digital solutions and technology solutions to our customers was how can we connect that back to the physical records in a meaningful and relevant way. Uh, and SharePoint, uh, as an application development platform, gives us exactly the venue to be able to do that. So let's, let's dive into the SharePoint thing a bit more because I, I know a lot of people might have heard it, be aware of it, uh, know it's sort of Microsoft-based, but uh, don't truly understand what SharePoint is. Can you just give a, a brief explanation? Sure. Um, SharePoint started off as Microsoft's solution for um, intranet services, for corporate intranet, so that you know when you go to your corporate portal for announcements news or to to uh, get forms from human resources, so on and so forth, uh, that's where SharePoint uh, established its origins. Okay. Throughout the years, people started then using it as a collaboration tool to manage projects and to bring people together in an electronic forum. And so as a part of that evolution, SharePoint then began to uh, – provide document management functionality because a lot of projects had project plans, contracts, documents associated with that that needed to be stored and managed across a life cycle. Uh, okay. So as SharePoint began enriching that aspect of it, um, the 2007 release of SharePoint is what really put the product on the map. And uh, don't know if folks know this, but SharePoint is now Microsoft's most uh, successful server platform that they've ever launched in their history. Hmm. And if you think about that, that's that's pretty huge Significant. statement. Significant. Yeah, because obviously SQL, Exchange, uh, even Windows Server, 
those are server platform products. SharePoint has now surpassed those in growth and adoption within the Microsoft community. Wow. Wow. So when Microsoft released SharePoint 2007, it really kind of put the meat on the bone for records and information management functionality that at that point really began to rival traditional ECM or document management vendors' products. Now with uh, the new release, SharePoint 2010, which just came out in May as a part of Office 2010, it has really propelled that whole document management, information management, and records management to a whole new plateau that now rivals uh, and actually challenges uh, those traditional vendors. In fact, there's a lot of folks, uh, analysts out there, that are now suggesting that the traditional ECM market is, is going to be in quite a bit of trouble uh, because SharePoint is going to bite into that. So who, who uh, traditionally, who, or not traditionally because it's not that traditional, but who's using it? Is this Fortune 1000 or are or, or mid to upper large size businesses jumping in full feet first on this one as well? Yeah, it's really anyone that is a Microsoft-oriented company from an IT infrastructure perspective there's a pretty darn good chance they have either played with SharePoint or they have already rolled it out. Okay. Uh, early adopters were definitely the larger companies yeah. because they had the IT infrastructure to do that. Right. And, uh, but that's part of the, uh, the enthusiasm around SharePoint is it, it reduces the reliance on IT from a systems administration and support perspective and empowers the end user. Okay. And by doing that, user departments can go in and create their own repositories, their own taxonomy structures, their own uh, retention schedules and security rules without IT having to be involved, and hence it makes the product very viral, and it spreads throughout an organization very, very rapidly. Hmm. So, okay, so then if if that's the case, uh, you coming in from the storage services information management vendor side, how are you then integrating what you're doing into this SharePoint phenomenon that's taking place? Great question, Tom. So we decided uh, when when I looked at data stores and organization, the first thing you want to look at if you're going into a new business area is who's your competition. Right. And my competition in the Milwaukee-Madison corridor primarily uh, are Highland on-base vendors. And so in order for me to be successful in offering a document management or uh, imaging platform, whatever nomenclature you want to use, um, I had to do something different. Okay. Uh, so the that we inherited a product uh, relationship here with a company called Digitech. A lot of uh, the uh, RIM community that yep. has expanded into scan services are familiar with that company. Absolutely. Great products. Uh, they work. They're solid and stable. Uh, but the architecture of those are not necessarily up to uh, the latest standards. And certainly don't really build upon uh, a SharePoint vision. I felt that SharePoint could be a key differentiator for our organization. First of all, that 
it differentiates us as an ECM provider. We can go in and provide a document management value proposition to a company that leverages and enhances their already existing investments in SharePoint so that they're not having to bring in another third-party niche product from a proprietary vendor, train users on another interface, maintain Ah. another database. You know, SharePoint is Microsoft. It uses SQL. It uses Active Directory for security. So by leveraging that as a document management ECM platform, you're actually helping the company consolidate their IT infrastructure. Got it. Okay. Great cost savings, great administrative value there. Um, The second thing it did for me, beyond just differentiating uh, and allowing me to go out and target SharePoint businesses as customers for, for our ECM services, it also provides me a platform as a development technology to integrate traditional records management into that overall information management uh, uh, environment. So, can you give using, can you give me a glimpse of what that that might look like? Just sim- yeah, as as I spoke earlier, uh, you know, the thing I found here in the the first two years, Tom, is that 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 traditional physical records uh, world and the electronic content world were two separate right. nations within an organization, if you will. Very much so, yeah. Sort of someone, and, I saw so- an op- and I saw an opportunity here to add value to our customers by bringing those together such that they can apply one set and consistent policies for security, policies for retention, uh, across one platform that can help govern that. Oh, sweet. So what, What we've done is we developed our own intellectual property, our own software application earlier this year uh, that we named CenterView. And what CenterView does is it sits on top of SharePoint. It's a uh, SharePoint-developed module. Okay. And for our customers that use ECM for SharePoint, or SharePoint rather for ECM, we can also then integrate our physical records inventory via SharePoint and now provide the customers with a single view into all of the information, whether it's physical or electronic, relating to a client, a patient, uh, or any uh, account, let's say, for an example. Wow. Now, once they see that in a single composite search results list, We also have integrated it such that the client can directly request delivery or interaction with that physical record via that SharePoint interface. Wow. So they don't have to log out and go over to um, a RIM software products web access module and go in and look it up there and then request it. Now, are you still using that type of software, though, right? We do. We yeah. are we're using Total Recall okay. uh, from DHS yeah. here, and uh, so it, so. It do you have those through your CenterView product? Do you have those two interacting then? That is correct. Okay, got it. We have built that integration and uh, uh, are continuing to enhance it based upon how the product develops uh, uh, within the customer user community and what they see as. Uh, requirements and needs, you know, just like traditional software lifecycle right. model. But um, 
we're very excited and have had great uh, initial customer response. Uh, we introduced this back in April and uh, are actively starting to market it now. And, uh, you know, we've, we've actually had thoughts that this is something we might even market to the rest of the uh, Total Recall user base. Wow. Uh, other, other commercial record centers who have clients that are using SharePoint uh, might have an interest in this. So. Yeah, that's it's it's a very cool. Well, because it, uh, I mean, un- unrelated to the rim industry, I'm hearing SharePoint everywhere. I'm I'm as I watch, you know, and I have contacts with people who are, uh, you know, IT and and information officers at bigger companies uh, outside of this space. Uh, SharePoint is something everybody's kind of aware of now. It's it's out there. It's happening. Well, it, you know, from if you look at it from a marketing perspective, Tom, if you mention SharePoint as a part of a seminar, a webinar, uh, or any kind of an event, you're going to get uh, people in seats. You're going to fill the audience because it has such uh, this viral community around it and has been so impactful on business organizations. If you look at the the concept of SharePoint, it's really about connecting people, process, and information together. Right, and that's very empowering. Oh yeah, and you know, it, within the organization, they have already experienced tremendous return on that product investment to date. And um, you know, going forward, if we as commercial record centers can go in and offer them digital solutions and electronic content solutions that integrate with that physical world using that platform, now you're, you're providing something meaningful and relevant that is going to have interest to that particular client. Brilliant, Mike. It's brilliant. <laughs> I mean, it's, well, <laughs> it's so obvious, but, you know, it's obvious except so often we're stuck in the middle of our own, th- you know, the, the way we've always done it. And uh, to come in and see that immediate, you know, this, or, or to create that connection between what really people are doing and, a, to me, a, a significant wave of what's happening in the business community right now with SharePoint, that, that's, that's brilliant. It's a great move on your part. Well, I think that it, it, it really comes down to an organization looking at how long are we going to survive? I mean, I think a lot of the commercial record centers have enjoyed a, a, a nice time of prosperity. Uh, I know that for many of us, the uh, recent down slump in the economy and the recession didn't really impact our businesses very much. Right. Uh, however, we all know paper's on a decline. Yeah. So unless you're planning on, uh, you have an exit strategy in the next three to five years, I think that if you want your business to survive, you have to evolve with your clients' needs. Right. And uh, you know, one of the, the most difficult parts of this is the cultural change that you as a record center have to go through. A lot of folks have seen that just moving into to scanning services. Right. Now when you're talking about moving into full ECM, system, complex solution, and business application sales and support, it truly is a different model. Oh, my goodness, is it ever. But the intersection point is very compelling from a business strategy perspective. So part of what I've done here to try to help that cultural transition, 
we've actually implemented SharePoint here at Data Store as a part of our operational infrastructure. Got it. Okay. All of our all of our processes, our uh, client files, our contracts, uh, proposals, everything is stored and managed inside of SharePoint. Wow. So now all of our folks internally have that same level of understanding and appreciation of how this works, uh, what it means to the business, and what value and return can be, um, and they become evangelists and believers themselves. Oh, that's so cool. So tell me just briefly, how are, how are you pitching this to the marketplace? Are you going out pitching traditional services, or are you out more uh, promoting yourselves as, as a SharePoint uh, opportunity to integrate uh, their their scanning and imaging ECM functions and their traditional uh, storage requirements. How how are you positioning yourself from yeah, that perspective? Yeah, that's that's been pretty uh, pretty interesting, Tom. It's been challenging. Yeah. Um, how do we go to market? What do we want people to see us as? So, what we've done is we've. We decided we didn't want to be seen as a SharePoint shop. Okay. Uh, there's a lot of folks out there that offer uh, baseline SharePoint services that are very broad uh, and very uh, have have very long reach within an organization, but that aren't focused and centered. Right. So what we decided Data Store means to our customers and to the business community is we are providing advanced information solutions to our clients. So what that says is whether your information challenges are coming to you from physical, traditional information, paper-based information, or if it's in the form of electronic information or both, Data Store can come in and architect a solution for you that um, helps you overcome those challenges and can empower the organization and propel you to new heights. So you're so really – your you're sales – position becomes much more consultative and I know we, we use consultative selling in that but but you you truly have to go in with a very consultative mindset on this then we do and you know part of this Tom is that the sales cycle that's traditionally associated with perhaps a rim opportunity is significantly longer more complex you have to get broader consist uh, consensus across a large spectrum of constituents within that that business prospect. Oh, yeah. So I'm working with one company right now. In fact, I uh, have a meeting with them this afternoon that we have been engaged with for almost four months. Wow. And we're just now getting to the point where we could probably have a, a valid proposal on the table for them uh, with all associated costs within the next 60 days. So... It, Typically, my experience in the ECM industry is that your sales cycles are anywhere from 6 to 9 to 12, in some cases, 18 months. Wow. And that requires a whole different selling methodology and philosophy that you have to be constantly nurturing that opportunity and help moving it to the next phase where you're building that consensus and momentum across the, the entire business organization. 
So it's challenging. But you're bringing, you're definitely bringing something to the table. It's not like, uh, you know, I think in the traditional box business, what what would happen is we would talk about a 9, 12, 18, two-year sales cycle, but it was often just waiting for the client to, to get on board. In this case, you're constantly having to, uh, it, it sounds like, to bring different pieces of the business of their business, the client prospects business, into this whole discussion on an ongoing basis. Absolutely, and you, it's a whole different value proposition. It's not a price-based necessarily sale. Right. Uh, you're you're illustrating the value and the return aligned with usually business strategies, whether that's compliance, whether that's a desire to enhance the productivity and the efficiency of how processes work within the organization. It's really a whole different uh, sales value proposition that does require a whole different technique for doing that. Um, we've spent a lot of time working with our sales team and helping them make that transition. And, um, I, we really formally launched our ECM and technology division in January and began actively selling that when we saw the uh, the economy coming back. And uh, I'm very pleased with, with the transition my, my folks have made. If you've got good salespeople, yeah. they, can, they can do this. Yeah. So are you excited about life? Uh, I am. Oh, yeah? <laughs> I uh, I can't complain at this moment. Yeah, I, um, I I I'm always interested when you know when I'm talking to someone like you who's really building something new. How does this compare to the kind of work you did you know ten years ago, fifteen, twenty years ago? Uh, what what's what, is there sort of an excitement brewing around it that feels like you're launching something pretty pretty incredible? It does, and uh, I you know I've had the opportunity to work with. Uh, uh, organizations that were in an entrepreneurial or startup phase historically, and uh, this is the first time that I've actually been able to lead that uh, that charge myself, and uh, so I've been able to take a lot of lessons learned uh, from the past and uh, carry those forward. So it's it's personally very rewarding. Organizationally, it's been very exciting. The uh, the folks here at Data Store have risen. Uh, they get the vision. They understand where the opportunity is and the value that we're now able to offer to our clients. And uh, it, it, it's fun getting up every morning, coming in here, and uh, and being a part of something that I believe is changing. Uh, the landscape here in the business community. Oh, that's so cool! Uh, tell me one more thing. I know I, I I know I said twenty minutes, and and I could talk to you for another hour. It sounds like, but <laughs> tell tell me, um, you you write a blog on a fairly frequent basis, and uh, tell me how how that has been helpful to you. How I, I like reading your blog. I, I I think there's some some great stuff that keeps showing up there. Uh, especially as it relates to you promoting this this sort of SharePoint mentality uh, or a, a greater information management mentality. But how, how are you finding the value of that to your constituency, to prospects? Well, we uh, uh, I did this because in, in my history, Tom, I've seen a lot of vendors pitching software products that have 
you know, highly orchestrated marketing messages that uh, appealed to clients. But when you started peeling back the onion skin or you looked at behind the curtain, um, it, it wasn't truthful and it wasn't built on integrity. Right. As I moved into this, I wanted to do something a little different where we were able to offer our, our viewpoints, our knowledge, and expertise through all these years and share those with folks in a truthful, eye-opening kind of environment. I think that with part of the compulsion I've had personally is that there's a lot of FUD being thrown around by the traditional ECM vendors as SharePoint has encroached in the market hmm. uh, because they're in survival mode. Right. So what do you do but say anything and everything negative that you possibly can? And when, unfortunately, customers or consumers who don't know better listen to that and take it as fact, and so what I'm compelled to do, and I've used the blog as one of the venues for that, to try to help get the truth out right. and to get people to understand, I've done this, I know better, and kind of be aware of uh, who you're talking to. And I think in one of my articles, one of, uh, in the early part of my blog, I actually was mentioning when you have someone say to you that SharePoint can't or doesn't or won't, Ask them if they've ever actually used SharePoint. <laughs> and, and, you know, it's amazing to me the number of folks out there that that will speak as uh, subject matter experts that have never, never even touched seen it. it. Right. Correct. Right. So part of what we're trying to do is, is help share real-life experiences through the blog as well as share our perspectives and commentary around things that are changing in our industry in a in a in the hopes that our customers and prospective clients will see us as uh, folks that are really fully engaged in this industry that understand it and that we bring value to our clients with the knowledge that uh, that we've garnered throughout the years. Wow. Well, I like I said, I wish I could talk further, but uh, I I am so appreciative of you sharing your your story, your vision of what this is. It, you know, what this whole uh, transition for uh, data store has been, as well as your leadership in that. And I, I think it's something that people cannot ignore at this point. So uh, I'm really grateful that you have uh, you know, chosen to share that with us. And I'm thankful, Mike, for taking the time to do that with us. Well, it's my pleasure, Tom. And perhaps most importantly for me, it's nice to hear someone who uh, is such a recognizable and uh, uh, respected name within the industry validate what I've been feeling. So I'll sleep a little bit better. Uh, well, no, that I, my uh, that my vision isn't uh, too far out. Well, of, I don't. Out of I, line. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it is because I I think like you, um, uh, or maybe differently than you, I sort of sit back and watch what everybody's doing, but I'm constantly watching what's happening in the greater world. And uh, this, to me, you know, the more I've watched you and what you've been doing, the more I go, hmm. There's something compelling about that. And then a, a very close friend of mine is a SharePoint consultant. 
And uh, he is saying to me, there is not enough of us to go around right now. He says he can't keep up with the pure demand on his time. He can't teach people fast enough to learn SharePoint to educate and work with clients who need this. It's just growing that quickly. And that whole viral concept you talked about rings true from the SharePoint side, the people who are just sort of SharePoint consultants, they can't keep up with it right now. Well, and as that, to your point, as that continues to spread out within the organization and the presence and prominence of SharePoint touches more and more business applications, it's only a matter of time before it's going crouch on our traditional records and uh, electronic information space. In fact, one thing that's interesting to me, a lot of organizations are doing ECM or document management. They don't call it that. Right. Right. They are using SharePoint to uh, enhance business processes and storing the document and managing the document within SharePoint is just a part of driving that process efficiency. Right. So I truly believe it's changing the, the world in which we've lived and uh, that I've survived in for the last 20 years. So I'd rather ride the wave to the new island rather than get stuck back on the uh, the, the old space. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> Well, uh, I, I'm going to give your uh, domain name out, uh, Data Store Web, D-A-T-A Store, S-T-O-R-E, web.com. And uh, if you want to take a look at, at what they're uh, positioning and how they're positioning themselves, you can do that at their website. And uh, Mike, again, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us. I appreciate it and uh, continued success in this whole new venture that you're doing. Thanks, Tom. I, I appreciate it. And uh Look forward to talking to you in the future as well. Well, we're uh, going into the old mailbag again. Here we go. You've got mail, baby. Yeah. All right. There, uh, Austin uh, gave me some mail. And so let's uh, open the old mailbag. And today's uh, mail is all about uh, finding a decision maker. And I think the essence of this question is it's very hard today's uh, sort of selling environment to figure out who really you should be talking to. It's easy to get stuck talking to the wrong people, but what we want to do is get talking to the right people. So, um, you know, I, I've just decided that, that Ray Berry from Shred School, he's a good one to ask about this stuff, and I, I know we've asked him some stuff in the past, so I'm going to see if we can get him on the line. Let, let, me, uh, let me give him a call. Just hang on here. I'm going to dial him. Here we go. wonder if he's there. Yeah, go. Hey, Ray, it's Tom. Tom, my favorite Canadian from California. Yep, yep. Well, San Diego's looking good today, so I wanted to check in on you. How's, how's things in the South? Oh, in God's country? Yes. It's going great. It's good. going great. We got, a little, we got a little thunderstorm going on, but you know what? Just wait about 15 minutes, and it'll blow over, and it'll be 90 degrees with 90% humidity. Be sunny again. Oh, that's great. Hey, uh, you know, you said you said one time I could... I could call you whenever when I had a question, and uh, open the old mailbag here at RimPro Report, and you never, you never know what kind of questions I'll come up with. But this one, uh, I think, you know, falls right in your lap again, Ray. So I thought, well, I'll pick up the phone and call you. You said I could. So this this question is all about uh, finding decision makers in the world when you're out in the selling process. So I guess the the question becomes. 
how do you make sure you're talking to the real decision maker? What are some of the questions uh, that our listeners can ask to ensure that they're getting the right person to talk to without necessarily, um, you know, closing a door by by acting awkwardly with the gatekeeper with with the person they're talking to? Because you want to get to the right person. How, how do you do that? Great question. Delicate issue. And a lot of times you see salespeople in any industry kind of foul this up a little yeah. bit. But, you know, you see it all the time. It's happened to all of us. We get involved in a sales process. We get to the point where we give someone a proposal. And then we have one of those oh crap moments because <laughs> we've realized that the pe- person we've been dealing with this past two weeks, three weeks, month is really not the decision maker. They've got to go ask Daddy to pull the trigger or ask for permission right. to, uh, to move forward. And it's a lot of heartache. It results in lost, well, a lot of heartache, like I said, and wasted time and really lost revenue because you've, it's lost time. Time is money. So I think a lot of times people get into this predicament, Tom, because they feel like, well, you know, I can get in the door at a lower level because it's easier to get in the door, they feel like, and then – they're talking to a non-decision maker, and then right. you waste all that time going through this process. Oh, yeah. But if you do a good job of positioning, I think like we talked about the last time you called, uh, positioning ourselves as a resource, as a expert, you know, offering the right, their information protection policies and things like that, but getting in, getting in the door as a trusted advisor is going to really help you. Um, but the question that you had was, what are some questions you can ask to make sure that we're going to be dealing with a decision maker? And here are some questions I like to, to use that, uh, that hopefully will alleviate you from dealing with the wrong decision maker. I like to ask, and really in no particular order, but I like to ask, hey, if I'm talking to someone and we're going through a needs analysis and I'm talking to them, and I'm, one of the questions I'm going to ask is, hey, who else, including yourself, is involved in making this decision. Um, part of your question was, you know, how do we kind of tiptoe around? And I don't think you said tiptoe, yeah. but I'm, I'm going to say tiptoe. But the point, okay. it, the point is cautiously, um, you know, cautiously work through that because it's it's an issue that you have to deal with. Exactly, and you don't want to step on that person's toes that you're talking to because they might may have some input in that decision. So I like this question of saying, who else, including yourself? is involved in making this decision. Ah. And that way, hey, we get you involved in this decision-making process. So it's almost well. like making sure you're asking that question going in instead of going out. Right, exactly. And because I want to know early on in the process of, of who is going to help in this decision-making process. Because our job is to help diagnose that client before we prescribe the right medicine, so to speak, and which, which is our proposal. But, uh, you know, I like to include that person because the last thing we want to do is, is make that person upset. So I like to ask that question. And if you have time on the phone today, I'd like to go over a couple other questions I think you can ask. Okay, just, okay? yeah, yeah, let's do them really quickly because uh, oh, oh, I'd love to hear them. Okay, great. Uh, another one I like to ask is, hey, how, how will the final decision be made? Ah. And then what yeah. I like to ask there is you might have to ask then what a few more times. Like role-playing that, I would say, if you asked, hey, Ray, how will the final decision be made? I could say, well, Nick and I are probably going to get together and discuss it. Okay, then what? Then what? Well, then we'll narrow it down to two or three companies. 
then what? All right, then we're going to look at this. Then you kind of have your real decision-making process Good. at that point. Okay? No, that, that's a great question because that's the one that really, you know, really exposes what, you know, how much of a decision-maker the person you're talking to is. Right, exactly. You yeah. kind of you get down to the, as they say in the South, the nitty-gritty. The nitty-gritty. Okay? One other thing, I'm gonna, I've, I've got to go over this one that I think would be really helpful for records management companies and in, in scanning too, and especially destruction companies. And I like to ask this question is, and this is more like, I guess, on the prospecting side of things, or maybe early on in the sales process of really trying to, to nail down who there makes the decision. Right. I like to ask, hey, who, who here is responsible for profitability and corporate security? Uh. I don't want to say who here is in charge of shredding. Right. I don't, you know, because, you know, that's not really the person probably that's going to make the decision. One thing I do want to uh, leave you with on this call, Tom, is, as you know, since you've been in the industry, been in the industry for a while, longer than I have, um, and no, that's not showing your age, okay? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. The, the gray but, is uh, here, but... <laughs> well, I think... One of the major differences, and I see it on the shredding side and, and, and record stores too, but this decision now is not made on the back docks. It's not made with the dumpster decision or the waste decision. It's made in the boardroom. And more better, and more, yeah. Right. We better find a way yeah. to, to sell our services and create that buying process with the, the C-level, the executive level, and we better find a way to ask the right questions to, to get in there. Yeah. Oh, that's fabulous. Fabulous. Well, that, that I think really, you know, in a, in a very concise way, uh, helps to answer the question and making sure you get to the decision maker. And thank you for, for raising those points. As always, uh, it's, you know, we've taken five, six minutes of your time. Thanks for letting us uh, jump in. And, hey, we'll be in touch soon again. Thanks, thanks for doing that. Sounds great. Thanks. Hey, that was uh, Ray Berry of Shred School. You can find him at shredschool.com. Uh, Ray is, uh, helps people figure out how to sell in a more effective way on an ongoing basis. So if you need to get a hold of him, shredschool.com. Thanks, Ray. Well, that's a wrap for another week on the RimPro Report. Thanks for being with us. Thanks for joining us. Special thanks to Mike Ball from Data Store in Milwaukee and to Joby Easton from SSI Shredding Systems, and also for the ability for us to check in on, on Ray there at Shred School. So thanks to everyone. I hope you have a great week. We'll be back in touch with you next week. Have a good one, and we're out of here. Thanks for joining us on the Rim Pro Report with Tom Adams. If you enjoyed the show, please tell others. Our website is www.rimproreport.com. Where you can find show archives and a whole lot more. This broadcast is produced and hosted by Flourish Press Incorporated. Join us again soon.